hands and say it with me. Good morning and bless God this morning. This is Sunday service at Nations Harvest. I am so glad to see all of the saints of God here in this place, this gathering place. This is our digital presentation of our morning worship experience. How good and wonderful it is for the people of God to dwell together in his presence as we have today. Hallelujah. I welcome all of you that I see by name those of you that are also here gathered but not necessarily by name i welcome you in the spirit of christ amen this is the day that the lord has made and we're going to rejoice and we're going to be glad in it amen thank god for you it's been a blessed week and let's just take a moment and tell the lord lord as we reflect upon the past week since we were here last time we thank you that you have gone before us to make everything a very pleasant experience the good the bad and the indifferent we are without complaint we're without any content whatsoever to complain for truly unlike our predecessors the children of Israel who were brought out of Egypt and were given this great excursion into the promised land Lord we are not like they but we say thank you for every step that we have taken, every breath that has been made, we thank you for it. It's not that it's all been, God, just the way that we would have had it to be. But overall, we thank you. Whatever it was, it got us to the place that we are right now. And for that, we say thank you. Psalms 51 is the scripture reading this morning. And I want you, if you have your Bibles, to go there. In Psalms 51, these are the words of King David. David says, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto thy multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. David goes on to say, For I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. Against thee and thee only have I sinned 
and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judge me. Behold, I, have, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom. David says in verse number seven, after such opening, uh, after such opening confession of his sin, he says in verse number seven, purge me with thy hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. In commentary to this scripture reading, verse number seven, where he asked God to purge him, it is the modifier to verse number four that says, against thee and thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight. He says, God, you purge me with thy hyssop. Verse number eight, he says, make me to hear joy and gladness that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins and blot out all mine iniquity. Verse 10, create in me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence. And my key verse today is the part B of verse number 11. And take not thy Holy Spirit from me. May God bless the reading of this word and may it be forever. Something that is enriching to your day and to your thought process as God renews your mind. David declared unto the Lord, Lord, I have made an error before you, but I am seeking now your tender mercies. I'm seeking now, God, you to cleanse me with the hyssop. Cleanse me as you would in chastening me. And uh, most of all, we learn that even in all of David's proclivities to do what was in violation to God's word, that the Lord never took his Holy Spirit away from David. And for that truth, I thank God. And I rest my faith upon that. Let us pray. Eternal God, I thank you so much for all things. Everything, God, is inclusive in my thanksgiving. Regardless of how I have perceived it to be something that was so terribly wrong. Even some things, God, that were um, just for the sake of presentation, they were painful. But God, the truth of the matter is that all things have worked together to the good for though for them that love the Lord that are that are thee called according to his purpose. And I thank you for that. So, Lord, now in the fullness of time, I am conscious and I am aware right now, God, that you go before me to work on my behalf, on our behalf. We are your children and you are God. And we thank you for it. Thank you for Jesus Christ, whom we acknowledge not only in our word, but in our deed. He is the host of our salvation. His blood was shed as for the atonement. His blood was shed as the price to be paid 
for the sins that we committed. Thank you for Jesus Christ. Thank you for your Holy Spirit, who is the teacher now, who is the moderator, who is right now the counselor and the comforter. For it is he that rule and super rule in my life and in this world, in this dispensation. In Jesus' name, thank you for the Trinity. Amen. God bless you again, precious people of God. I, I, um, I've had an awesome week. I've had an awesome week that have included you in my thoughts and as well in my prayers. Um, I have spent yet another week uh, waking up each day, um, permitting and allowing God to reveal himself to me so that my um, concepts of him will be shaped and formed by him alone. In clarity, understand that it is at this place in my life that it is God who dictates exactly who he is to me which is what I build my relationship upon, and that is how God reveals himself to me. The very creation of man, the first Adam, was only because God desired to reveal himself, to show himself, and in order to reveal himself, he had to create man. And he revealed himself to that man, which is now become us. Now, we have learned and we have heard, and that is how we have developed our beliefs and our disciplines as it relates to God being our creator. But foremost and most of all, precious people of God, God must reveal himself to you. That's what relationship is all about is God revealing himself to you so that you can be true to him as he is true to you. You will not know God as being faithful until God reveals himself to you. You will not know God as being all of the things that you have called him. And as I make this in my presentation to you, whenever we use the Hebrew terms Jehovah Shalom, or Jehovah Rapha, or Jehovah Tiskanu, Jehovah Jireh. Whenever we take these presentations to us, it is God revealing himself to a single person. When Abraham says, thou art Jehovah Jireh, that is because God had revealed himself to Abraham in a manner that it completely changed Abraham's complete concepts of God. Hear me clearly, people. We cannot base our father steps on religion, meaning that we have been taught that God is deserving of some religious portion, a tithe or an offering or an hour service on Sunday or a Bible study on Wednesday, or a, 
and of course, all of the other things that we have added, which were church anniversaries and pastors appreciations and choir anniversaries and all of these things we added that were so colorful and wonderful as we made them a part of worship. But these are only acts of religion. These are the things that we do religion in simplicity and in a most concise definition means an individual giving what an individual feels that God deserves. That is all religion is. This is why in most of your Eastern religions you find and you discover that people give to their gods, Buddha, Hare Krishna, and various gods such as these. They give them fruit and they give them vegetables and they lay them at their feet. It's because they're giving what they feel that their God deserves. Now, we who serve the, the one and only true and living God, which is the creator of all mankind, we cannot religiously worship him. We cannot religiously serve him. We cannot religiously go forth in our faith. We must have a relationship with him whereby we have what we have with one another, and that is a person revealing or being truthful to you whom they truly are. And this is what God does for us. He shows us, he reveals himself. And the only way that you will come to know God, not being through any sensual perception, such as the way that you see with your eyes, hear with your ears, smell with your nose, or taste with your tongue, touch with your fingers, you will not come to know God in this manner because God is a spirit. No man has seen in any time. However, we that worship God and we who have a relationship with God must have that relationship with him in spirit and in truth. So that means that God has to reveal himself to you. And that revelation is not going to come by anything that we have in our sensual perceptions. It is only through the things that God does to the inner part, and that is the tripartite man. God made you a spirit. So God will identify with you through the spirit through that part of you that he made you. He says, come now, let us make man in our own image and in our own likeness. So God created you. He made you a three-part, a three-part, not a single dimension, not just a double dimension or 2D or 1D, but we are dimensional in three parts, just as God the Father is, and that is that we are body, we are spirit, and we are soul. And God presents himself to us in the spirit. This is where he reveals himself to us in our spirits. And I thank God for that today. So this is why I'm saying to you now and hoping that you understand that you cannot continue to just religiously continue to go through life so that all you do is look forward to getting old and dying. And that is all. And that is all that you see. And then we excuse our relationship with God by starting to talk about when we get to heaven, when we get to heaven. When we, that makes God sound like he's some hard task master or, master or some slave driver. When we get to heaven. Sounds like the old Negro hymns when they were out in the field. One day come, no time soon. Sounds like we're just going to go through the misery of life only to one day hope that we're going to be delivered. This is not so. God wants us to have the abundance of life right now. 
He wants a relationship that he builds with you so that you can appreciate eternity in its fullness right now. As I talked to you last Sunday about David who declared, I was once young and now I'm old. His conclusion was, his judgment was, I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed to beg bread. Simply saying that God has revealed himself to me. This is what David is meaning, that he is a faithful God. He is faithful no matter what my circumstances are. No matter what my circumstances are, God is faithful. Somebody right now is enduring some pain that has become now chronic, meaning that it has been going on for some time. It doesn't mean that God has left you. It doesn't mean that God intends for you to continue. But I want you to look beyond the pain, and I want you to all focus more on God's relief. I want you to feel his relief to that pain, not in some magic way, but I want you to sense it in your spirit and see that God gives you peace inside the pain. Um, Daniel in the lion's den. It wasn't getting out of the lion's den that gave Daniel the relief. It was God in Daniel in the lion's den. It wasn't Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, also Daniel, which is Meshach, in the lion's den. It is not God getting, I'm sorry, in the fiery furnace. It is not God getting these Hebrew gentlemen out of the fiery furnace, but it is God in them, in his relationship with them, in the midst of whatever they're having to endure. I'm having to endure some things today. You're having to endure some things. But it's one thing that I know in the relationship that I have with God. It doesn't hit the same. It doesn't feel the same. It's not the same. Because if God is for me, he is more than the whole world against me. As I've used that now to encourage you and hopefully to inspire you to get your spiritual um, uh, synapse going, to get your, your spiritual fluids flowing, I want to give you but a word today that is coming from Jeremiah chapter number one. Jeremiah chapter number one and verse number 12. You'll get that on your Bible, in your Bibles, Jeremiah chapter one and verse number 12. It opens up in Jeremiah uh, where God is talking to his man. And as I spoke with one of the saints of God yesterday, God always watches over his man. He watches over his man, and believe me when I tell you, um, regardless to how you've judged this man, um, you're going to be sorely disappointed because God's man is going to always come out on top. It's going to aggravate you. It's going to really just kind of tick you off because God's going to watch over his man, and I don't mean that in any specific gender like male, but God's going to watch over his person. Um, and he's not going to permit uh, whatever it is that you have um, attempted against him uh, to prevail. It's not going to happen. God deals with his own. That's why I want to go back to David 51. He says, Lord, before you and you alone have I sinned. David knows where to go. He is unlike men of God today who look to people for mercy because people don't have mercy to give. He didn't give me mercy to have. Uh, and, and we don't have it. So it's fruitless to ask anyone to have mercy on you because they, were not, they, they don't have that faculty. Men, I, you, we don't have mercy to give. Only God has mercy, which is actually favor where punishment should be. Uh, so he says, Lord, I want you to have mercy on me. 
And uh, so I, I wanted to, that, that's, that's where I wanted to go. Jeremiah is uh, in, in chapter number one. Uh, he, here is a prophet that we have known that cries out. And I've called him the weeping prophet in my earlier days. And I think it's so wonderful sometimes when I reflect back on my preaching, even in my studies, that my teaching was always cited by what I had heard, uh, not from God, but necessarily what had been recited before. And I try to find some way to box up and bottle up all of that energy from the other preachers to try to put it in and make it colorful. But it wasn't always a truth. Jeremiah is a weeping prophet, but he's not a weeping prophet the way that we may know him as being a weeping prophet. He cried out against Israel. He didn't cry and sob. He didn't, he wasn't uh, melancholy when he spoke. As a matter of fact, on con and contra contrarily, so uh, Jeremiah was a very bold and bodacious speaker. Um, however, he was one who had the right amount of um, serious concerns at the beginning of his calling where he really wanted to know that it was God that was calling him. So in Jeremiah chapter number one, he kind of starts off with the Bible teaches us that it starts off with Jeremiah and his call. And briefly, as I scan down through the verses from one to get down to verse number 12, where I've asked you to go, Jeremiah, I guess I should uh, probably, uh, I guess I should probably put that in once I, once I find it, Jeremiah. Um, Jeremiah 1 and 12, so that everyone can see it. <laughs> well, no, let's do this a little bit different here. Jeremiah 1 and 12. Someone type that in for me because I can't seem to get my, uh, well, if I stretched it all the way out, I would be able to type it. I'll just do it this way. Jeremiah 1 and 12. Okay, there we go. I got it in. So Jeremiah 1 and 12, and I want to just go through just a little bit to get you down to that, okay? We have the call of Jeremiah where it says, and the word of the Lord comes to Jeremiah, tells of his parentage, and uh, lets you know that he is coming from a priestly order. And... Um, Verse number one just kind of introduces you to Jeremiah's pedigree or to his family and it's some of his lineage. Verse number four is where everything comes, where it says that the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah saying, listen, I'm not going to give credit to your parents. I'm not giving credit to your mother. I'm not giving credit to your father. However, in verse number one through three, he did acknowledge them. I acknowledge your parents, but I'm not giving credit to them. Verse number four says, I formed you before your mother knew you. That's what verse number five says about Jeremiah. Jeremiah, get this clear. While I acknowledge them, I, 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 I give them acknowledgement. I acknowledge them. This is who your parents are. You come from a priestly order, but I take credit for this. Before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. 
before you were born, I set you apart. You were already, and this is what we call sanctified, sanctified meaning just being set apart. I sanctified you before you went to the sanctified church. I, I'm, I said that is to be humorous. Before, before there was sanctification known, I had already set you apart. I did that also in your mother's womb. I appointed you as prophet to nations, and I did all of this before your mother even conceived you, before your mother knew your dad. I did all of this. This was done. This was complete. This, and, I, and I'm going to put this out, first time you heard me say it, but I'm going to say this word today because we're going to learn more as God reveals more. This is destiny. I'm just opening it here to let you know that before anybody knew anything, I had already completed a work. Before I started it, it had already been finished. Before I before you were formed in your mother's womb, which simply means to be conceived, before the seed had even become fertile, I had already formed you. Not only did I do that, I sanctified you. I set you apart before you even took an embodiment. I had already set you apart. You didn't come out here and come into this world to fulfill a role. You had already destiny that was on you. You had prophecy that was on your head. I think this is so important as I'm making my way quickly to verse number 12. To know that there is not a day that you get up that you're haphazardly going through a day. But every day is a day by God's design. You hear the word destiny? It's by God's design. It's his perfect will. Don't feel like you're defeated in any day. You're victorious every day. Because you were a completed work before you even got started. Just because you don't see it doesn't mean that God hasn't performed it. Let me move forward or I'll be here all day. You all know how I am with the word of God. So Jeremiah says to him, uh, oh, thy sovereign Lord, I know how to speak. I, I don't know how to speak because I'm too young. So now God tells Jeremiah something about himself. Notice this is a revelation. This is God revealing himself. Jeremiah is not trying to religiously approach God. He says, I'm too young. He's building relationship. He communicates with God. He converses with God. He goes back and says, God, look at me. I'm too young. I don't even know how to speak. But the Lord said back to him, do not say I'm too young. Let, let me just preach for a minute right here. When Jeremiah said that to God, I'm too young. I don't know how to speak. God says back to him, now you can hear Jesus being the son of God. When Peter told Jesus, not so, they are not going to crucify you. Jesus told, stay with me, Peter, get thee behind me, Satan. Jesus is just like his daddy because when Jeremiah said, I don't know how to speak and I'm too young, the Lord told him, now he didn't say get thee behind me, Satan, but he said to him, don't say I'm too young. 
Don't say that. Read that, people. If you're with me in verse number seven, God told Jeremiah, don't say that. Can I charge you this week to stop citing defeat? Stop saying words of defeat. God is building a relationship with you where he wants you to put a positive on the negative. When the doctor says no, you turn around and say, but God says yes. I just told you before your mother and dad did anything, I had the end before your beginning began. Now you turn around to me and say, oh, but God, I'm too young. I don't know how to speak. And God turns in verse number immediately following. He turned to him and said in verse number seven, don't say that. Let me read it. Do not say I am too young. Stop saying it. Don't say it, Gloria. Don't say it, Janet. Don't say it, Tracy. Don't say it. Even if you don't see it, Speak what God has already spoken. It is so. Don't rebel against God just because you don't see it. That's why Jesus turned to Peter and said, get thee behind me, Satan. I just told you I've got to go to be crucified. I've got to be judged. I know you don't like it, but don't disagree with it. Stand in agreement with me. How can two walk together except they be in agreement? What God needs from Jeremiah at this point is agreement. Okay, God, so you say, so it is. It's okay to say, I don't see it, but don't speak against it. Do not say it. Do not say I'm too young. You must go to everyone that I send you to, and whatever I tell you to say to them, that's what I want you to say. I'm getting to verse number 12. Don't worry about what you're going to say. Don't be concerned. And for God's sake, don't worry about no suits and robes and all of that. Just go. And the thing that I want you to know is, is that you're going to speak what I want you to speak. Verse number eight, don't be afraid of them. Don't be afraid of them, for I am with you. I will rescue you, declares the Lord. I'm going back to David again. David says, before you and you alone, Lord, have I sinned. People don't have mercy to give. They're not understanding the, the, what is encompassed in your call. Don't frustrate yourself. We're trying to convince others what God has you doing. He says, I will rescue you. Thank you, Jesus. Then the Lord reached out his hand. He touched my tongue and said unto me, I have put words in your mouth. I like this one. Oh, and if I was a hooping man, and one day maybe again I will. Jeremiah came back and said, it's just like fire that is shut up in my bones. This fire won't leave me alone. Nevertheless, verse number 11, that's what I'm going to get to, and I'm going to be finished with you. Immediately after God told him he was going to give him a word so that he could cry out against the people of Israel, the word of the Lord came to me saying, what do you see, Jeremiah? I want you to type in the box today, vision, what do you see? Vision, 
I want you to type that. He asked Jeremiah, what do you see? Herein lies vision. After he calls him, he gives him a vision. He gives him something. Vision. He says, what do you see? What do you see? Vision. He gives the man of God a vision. Jeremiah turns and says to him, I see the branch of an almond tree. Here is my close for you today, people. The word almond tree in the Hebrew, I'm about to put this in the type, is shalkade. The word shalkade means almond branch. He says, I see a shalkade. Almond. That's what I see. I see an almond tree. Now, the word almond simply means to watch. I see an almond tree. And this is unlike a vision because typically when God gives a vision, everyone wants to know, oh, what does it mean? It's deep. I see this and I see that, especially from the book of Revelations. But the vision that Jeremiah receives from the Lord, God is actually not showing him something, but he is saying something to him. What you see is what I say. Because almond tree means watch. Almond means watch. Or almond is taken from the word shockade, which means to watch. The Lord said to me, you have seen correctly, for I am watching. Meaning almond tree means watch. So what you see is actually what I said. Oh, this is beautiful, and someone's going to get it maybe before this message is over, and maybe you'll get it tomorrow. What you see is what I said. <laughs> I guess this just hit Don like a mighty Russian wind. Maybe it's not having the same effect on you. There is nothing miraculous about the vision. The vision is just simply saying what you see is what I said. Your vision is what I'm saying. If I showed it to you, I'm saying it to you. The Lord said, verse number 12, you have seen correctly. Now, here is the way we have heard this verse always saying. We've always heard it this way. God watches over his word to perform it. His word will go out and it will not come back void. That's how you've always heard it. You haven't heard it taught this manner, but now you've got to know how meaningful it is. What you see is what God said. The vision is not only a vision that is something that is to be seen. It is also what is to be heard. The depths of this is unimaginable. Once God brings something to pass, once God manifests something as he did in the almond tree before Jeremiah, God is actually speaking through what he causes to come to pass. When I bring this to pass, when you see this, this is the confirming. This is, I'm sorry, the wrong tense. This is the confirmation that you need. It's because I have brought it to pass. You're here. The almond tree is, is not here haphazardly. The vision that you have before you 
is actually what I'm doing. As I close to you today, the vision that God has given us that we're going to see is in Jesus Christ, which is God whom we see in Christ performing his word, watching over it, bringing it to pass. The almond tree is God. It is the it is the vision. It is the manifestation of God bringing to us the living word. The reason that you and I need this is this as I close with you to make this personal to the birthrights here at Nations Harvest on this day in August. And I do believe that this is the sixth day of August, eighth month, the sixth day in the year of our Lord, 2023. If God has placed inside of me a word that is going to manifest itself in, by way of a vision. That means that it is passed now from God to me and from me to you. The word that is coming forth, the word that is being preached right now, God is going to perform that word inside of you. He's going to watch over you. You become responsible for every word that is declared. So you're looking to me. Man of God, I need a word. Man of God, we got to get a word. You have a word. What you, the, the question that I ask you is, is God performing that word inside of you? You're, we're so busy constantly looking to others for something else. We're constantly waiting for others to make their move. We want others to do what we feel that they are supposed to do. But my question back to you is, is God's word being performed in you? If God deposited a word in you and you see that word as a seed, are you seeing that word manifest itself? Are you seeing that word burst forth in vision just as this almond tree? Jesus Christ is the word that was made flesh. I hope this is not too complicated, and I pray, God, that I'm coming through clear. He is the word, God's spoken word, made in the flesh, presented to us. He came here to give us the fullness of that. Now he's gone. Does that mean that he is gone as that he doesn't exist? No, he is ever present, which is the word in us. Where is Jesus now? He is the word in us. He is the word that I preach. He is the word that comes forth. He is the life. Is he gone? No. He is the living word inside of me, not the spoken word. Precious people of God, when you speak over your ill body, when you speak over your dysfunctional finance, when you speak over your contentious child, your defiant children, when you speak over them in line with what God has said, you are now making, making the spoken word manifest itself. Every word that my mother spoke and the things that are coming to pass in me, every word that my father spoke over his son, that his son would be successful, that his son would succeed, that his son would go forward. You've got to realize that this is that word 
the vision coming true. We want a vision to be something that is thunderous, lightning, and sounds, and big, and boisterous, and all of these things. When the simplicity of today that I am plexed, but I'm not destroyed, cast down, but I'm not forsaken, is the fullness of God's word coming true. It's because nothing that is spoken against you, not only is it not taking you out, but even as you grow in Christ, it's not even taking you down. Are you growing in the Lord? Are you feeling yourself getting better and not bitter? Are you getting stronger and not weaker? You are God's spoken word. I love this in, in this presentation that he makes to Jeremiah. He says, I watch over my word. Now, I know it's not may not have the same effect on you, and maybe it did that it had on me, but all new meaning, I watch over my word to perform it. What Jeremiah saw was what God said. There's kind of a play on words. The play on words is I see an almond tree. Almond tree means watch over. What you see is what I say. Turn around and look now. What do you see? That's what God said. If you turn and you saw your child, that's what God says. If you turn and you saw your wife, that's what God says. Turn and look at your husband, that's what God said. Turn and look at your mother, that's what God said. Turn and look at your father, that's what God said. I see in the text, as I was typing something a few minutes ago, and I saw these words. My father has been admitted into the hospital, Pastor Don. You know what I see? Healing. And that's what I say. I say back this to Samuel Hurth being in the hospital. All sickness is not unto death. If what I say is not what others want to hear, all I have to say is what God has said. I don't speak against him. I concur with him. I stand in agreement with him. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. Do we keep our loved ones here by saying you're not going to die? No, that's contrary to what God says. We didn't come in this body for this body to be eternal. But there is a life that we have that is in Christ Jesus that is hidden. And that life is eternal. It's forever. Embrace what God has given in this hour, people. No matter how you look at it, don't put a negative on a negative. Put a positive on a negative. Turn it. If I were you, I'd read more of Jeremiah during the course of this week. I'd take time to see God taking a profound effect in the life of Jeremiah as he went forward boldly, having learned that God finished this before I even started. I'm not defeated, but I'm victorious. I love you, and I always will. I pray that this time with you has been something that is inspirational. I pray that it's been something that is going to press you forward, something that's going to keep you, keep you reminded how much God loves you because God loves you a whole lot. I love you too, but not as much as he. I want you to be blessed this week. I want you to encourage somebody. Amen. I want you to purposely and intentionally this week, for no reason at all, just 
reach out to someone and tell them that you love them. Tell them that you care. Tell them that you're thinking about them. To everyone here this week, we're praying for you. Janet, we're praying for your healing. William, Dad, we're praying, praying for your healing. Samuel, we're praying for your healing. Anyone else out there that have unspoken requests before the Lord, we're praying for you. We're praying for you dearly. And we love you. Remember, vision. God watches over his word. And he watches over his word so that that word is performed. I love you. God loves you more. Eternal God, we thank you this week for all that you have done. You've been greater than to us than even we've been to ourselves. And we take every word today not only as encouragement, but we take it as a word that will inspire, a word that will cause us to catch a fire. For it is in this dispensation that we have learned, God, that we are not a single dimension, but we have depth and we have perception. God, we have been made in the likeness of our Father when he said, come now, let us. God, there is more to us than the world see, and we're not going to even attempt to explain. But we're going to let the power of God, God who is strong, speak for us. He goes before us. Thank you today, God, for your word. Thank you for your healing that is in advance. Watch over my very dear brother that has been hospitalized right now. And God, I declare over his life, every doctor, every nurse, every prescription that is prescribed, that God, it will all yield to his recovery. Thank you so much in advance right now. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Nations Harvest look forward for what's going to come because better is coming. <laughs> better is coming. And I want you to know that better is coming. I want you to be prepared for better. Get ready for better because better is coming. I love you today, but God loves you more. And I'll see you next week. Till the fire come, you can go on, shout, praise Shut him. Up.